Welcome back to the lecture series on decision-making in public service. Uh, once again, I'm Justin Bullock, and the title of today's lecture or talk is uh, Basic Concepts. So I'm going to provide to you a number of uh, theoretical concepts or abstract concepts or ideas, however you want to think about them, that I think are central to understanding the approach to decision-making that we're going to use in this course. And so each of the books that you'll read develops a lot of its own concepts that are tailored specifically to those books. Um, so before we do that, I want to give you a broad framework to navigate understanding the space of decision-making. And I think by doing that, you'll be able to better kind of grasp what are the contributions of each of the books that you're going to be reading. So let me begin with the first important concept that is really at the heart of decision-making. And I'm going to call this a goal. And the idea here is that there is something that needs to be achieved or that someone is intending to achieve or some agent is uh, working towards. There's some end, uh, uh, end state or some uh, objective or goal that an agent is trying to accomplish. And so again, this is just the very, very basic thing to understand about decision-making is the whole thing is centered around achieving some goal or some state um, or something. And a lot of what we're going to be doing in this course and thinking about with these readings is trying to find a path that takes us from where we are, where the agent is, or the organization, or whatever unit we might be looking at, and the process by which it gets to the goal that it's trying to achieve, that it's directed towards. There's some process that underlies this. Okay, so you have goals, and then now you have processes to get you from where you are to the state that you would like to be in or towards the goal that you, would, that you are pursuing. And the rest of this course is ultimately revolves around these two concepts. This idea of the goals. How do we define them? What are they? Uh, what are good goals? Can we say something about good goals? And then what is the process that we would use for going about achieving those goals? What is that? What does it look like? What are its characteristics? And everything else, for the most part, is going to build off of those two concepts. So stick them in your head. So just to make this more clear, these goals can be an array of things. They can be all kinds of things. Um, so some examples I, I listed were, um, given my own context, was students might be trying to make it to class on time. So you have 8 a.m. class, 
and you're trying to figure out the process by which the night before you're going to ensure <laughs> that you get to class on time. Other goals uh, may be something as simple as survival. Um, how do you take your kind of conscious state, your personhood, how do you take that from day one to day two? And what is your strategy for that? That's a decision-making process to achieve a goal. You can think about this too for organization. So think of a, of a, of a business that's goal is to make a profit. Right. Once you understand what its goal is, you can understand some things about the processes um, that it might engage in to achieve that goal. And what are some of the challenges and limitations? There's a whole field of uh, economics and business and management that look at, at this in part. From political science domain, you might think about a, a politician whose goal is to get reelected. What strategies might they reliably use? What processes, what variables, what factors, what features? How do they go about developing a process for achieving a goal? In my own world, you might think of academia, you might think of tenure as being a goal for an assistant professor. And then what types of things might they do to, to raise or lower the probability that they get tenure. You can think of all kinds of public goals too, or public policy goals that we might have come that you might know of or that you might care about. Things like reducing hunger, things like reducing poverty, things like growing the economy, things like making sure there are a lot of good paying jobs for people. Uh, you might think about other goals like minimizing. Um, minimizing um, domestic violence, minimizing sexual assault. You can think of each of these policy areas as a goal for society to be obtained or achieve or a direction to work towards. And then there's some process by which we do that. Okay? And so public service broadly is not only about at the individual decision maker, which is something we'll spend a lot of time talking about in this course, but also how we think about how organizations and public agencies go about trying to achieve some goal or some state that they've been charged with, some goal they've been given by the democratic process or from somewhere else. So again, in each of these examples, a goal is identified and some type of process or strategy is needed to achieve that goal. And that's the decision-making process. So now that you kind of understand that decision-making is about achieving goals and a process by doing that, I think the next thing you need to understand is this, which is that learning is how to take information from data. And this helps develop processes to achieve our goals. Learning does. Okay, so there's a few things here that I've thrown at you. One is this idea of learning and one is this idea that you learn from information and the information is drawn from data. Now, there's a lot that is written about these topics and not everyone agrees. So you should know that um, there is disagreement on 
what all of these things mean, but I'm going to suggest some uh, definitions for them that are going to be useful uh, and useful for what we're trying to learn about decision making in this course and that are still pretty much in line I think with um, what a lot of experts would would define them more technically and but here's the, here's the way I'm going to describe it okay so this learning process for learning a process to achieve a goal for example, um, starts with putting a piece of data, so some data point. And the way that you might think of this is, um, and even at this level, it has some level of information to it, but just think of two numbers. So we don't want to get as simple as lines, which some examples start with just actual dots and lines. But let's start with something that's a little bit more recognizable to you. Um, let's say the number 32. The number 32 is really just a data point until you know what 32, what, 32 feet, 32 inches, 32 pounds, 32 days, 32 months, okay? And so by giving that additional label, you've already assigned these lines one label, which was the number 32, and that made it some type of information. But to take from that to a, another level of information, you assign another label to it. And so it's the number 32 and you're talking about 32 of something. And we can say, again, that could be uh, feet or inches or years or degrees or the number of cars or the number of dollars something costs. Um, and so that is, in some sense, what part of the learning process. You have a number, and then it's related to some other concept, some other label that you're giving it that is uh, giving you additional um, information. Okay, and so you, that's kind of a, an example of how you can start with a number, give it some more uh, a label attached to it, and then it has more information. Um, and the next step um, is taking sort of these labeled pieces of, of information and observing patterns across them. And so let's go back to a couple of our initial examples and think about what types of patterns of information might be relevant to those objectives if we were just trying to kind of hypothesize. So for example, um, let's say let's go back to the goal of getting to class on time. Patterns might be associated with someone arriving on time, right? So uh, maybe they set an alarm, right? And so you can see a pattern of what time the of whether or not someone has an alarm or doesn't, and then you can see if they made it to a class on time or not, right? So that might be one pattern to understand what contributes to the idea of getting the goal of getting to class on time. Okay, so one is maybe having an alarm clock. What's another? Maybe it's easier if you have, like in Texas, where I am right now, maybe it's easier if you have a car. And so you could look to see uh, how many people had cars, how many didn't. You could look to see did people um, 
who have cars, did they get to class on time compared in proportions to the ones who didn't? Right. So, all I'm trying to highlight here is just if you were if your goal was to get on class on time, and you're trying to find a process by which you could get to class on time, one way of doing that is to gather data, which then you can learn from so that it becomes information, so that then you can identify the patterns across that information that have led to successfully getting to class on time. All right, so that's a, it's a process. You start with some data, some observations. You translate those or you learn from those. Um, and they become information and then you um, can look for and learn patterns um, across that information. Think about profit seeking, right? You might think of a, of a, of a business that um, is uh, trying to increase its profit and measures a lots of different things to, to figure out what that is and you could imagine that a lot of market conditions would be one thing that there are probably some patterns that could be found for what would influence the profitability of a company. Regulations could be one, certain types of regulations. Um, if, if you move into price controls, for example, that could have some consequences for private business. You could think about um, things like the quality of management or the financial structure could influence uh, there might be patterns to be found about uh, profit-seeking organizations and, and the ones that are more successful versus less successful. Okay, you might think of things like politics again, like re-election. might think about what types of strategies have led to politicians getting re-elected. Right? This again starts from some observations that are put in some context with some labels to become information, and then patterns can be found in that information that are related to some goal. So politicians see which strategies work, they use data to see which strategies work, and then try to employ strategies as part of their decision-making process that increase the likelihood that they're going to get re-elected. Think about this again with tenure. Um, the factors in this case are um, in some ways much less ambiguous, right? Uh, have a, a contract that lays out percentages that you're expected to perform well on and the, they include things like research, teaching, and service and you're supposed to spend certain amounts of your time on those things and a certain amount of your time should lead to certain levels of goal achievement. Um, and so some of the factors or patterns associated with people getting tenure, if you looked, would see that it's, the patterns are related to those things um, in those contracts, things like research of the faculty member, teaching, quality of teaching, the amount of service they give to their institutions and their communities. You might think of this for um, outcomes for a government organization, and a lot of work has been done on this in public management in particular, um, and a lot in part by my own advisor, uh, Larry O'Toole, um, and uh, a lot in co-authoring with uh, Ken Meyer, um, and sort of formalize this where you have some outcome that you're trying to get a public organization directed towards, some goal, and then trying to specify the process, the decision-making process, the strategy process by which public managers might go about um, achieving the best outcomes.
Okay, so you can think of all kinds of examples of factors that are part of a process that influence some outcome, some goal. And that's where this picture takes us from some basic data, again with some labels, some something that puts it in context that's useful for us, this information, and then learning the patterns, identifying the patterns across those pieces of information. You can think of this again as pattern recognition, as identifying factors or variables that influence the ability to achieve a goal or an outcome. And as we think about that, it'll be useful to, um, to understand a few different um, concepts that will contribute pretty uh, clearly to our understanding of decision making. And really, um, the, the final two I want to cover today are this idea of weights and the idea of risk. Okay, And all weights are, are the amount of emphasis, the amount of importance, the weight given to, the different factors, the different variables, the different parts of our strategy, how important are they, and how much uh, importance should they be given. And you can think about importance in terms of time or money or some other thing that we have limited amounts of. But how important is it to achieving the goal? All right? And you can imagine, we could go through all of, the, of our examples again, thinking about getting to class on time, for example. Well, if class is 40 miles away and there's no public transit, if you don't have access to a vehicle, that probably gets a pretty high weight in getting to class on time. Right? You can think about uh, profit-seeking, about a, a business. Um, if a business has uh, no customers, it's hard to imagine that they would be profitable. Um, so you give a lot of weight to uh to customers, give a lot of weight to uh, a variety of factors, right? Same thing with um, tenure in a research one university, uh, you give a lot of weight to research in the tenure process, right? Okay, and so these weights are just thinking about how important, um, how heavy, how uh, impactful are the different pieces of information, um, uh, different pieces of information that you have, and how important are the different patterns and how they influence one another. And finally, there's this idea of risk. And I was exposed to this by Daniel Kahneman uh, in the way in which it influences decision making, and you'll we'll get to that in this series of lectures. So that's been a big influence on me and how I think about risk and decision making. Um, and essentially, this means that things are uncertain, and we don't know with complete 100% certainty um, that things are going to happen the way we plan them out to. Um, and this is a kind of a feature of the world because it's so complex. And there's a lot of moving pieces. 
things are in general thought of in terms of being probabilistic. So, for example, when we were talking about some of our uh, examples throughout this lecture, when you think of strategies that a business might pursue and give a lot of weight to, they don't know for sure that that strategy is going to work. It's uh, making an assessment uh, based on the likelihood that it will work. And that's a big piece of decision-making. Things aren't fully um, determined in that way. And um, so there's a lot of uncertainty. And I've uh, looked at this as well. And in my own work, I have a, a paper in uh, Perspectives on Public Management and Governance with Larry O'Toole and Rob Greer. And we define risk particularly in the context of public management, which is a big piece of this public service. Um, as the known or estimated probability of an event occurring and the resulting consequences. Okay, and so this idea of risk kind of interacts a good bit with your um, with your weights, and um, and so we'll go into more of that. But um, this is, again, this is the idea that we live in a complex world and. Um, thus don't know what exactly are going to be the outcomes of all of our actions, and so we have uncertainty. And also, in decision spaces are so complex often that there are multiple variables pushing things in different direction. And so, um, you know, this has, this will have implications for how we think about decision making in kind of a formal sense, but also for like managers and people making decisions about things, because you don't know for certainty what the consequences are going to be of, of a budget cut or of a new innovative opportunity. It comes with an inherent amount of risk or unknown or uncertainty. Okay, so for this first lecture, I mostly wanted to give you a few concepts that are going to help you navigate the beginnings of the, of the readings that we'll be covering. Um, Metzinger, which comes next, will feel like a, a significant departure from some of this. This is going to be a lot of philosophy and a lot of neuroscience. Um, and you'll see, I think, or, or we'll be able to see, and I'll try to tie it together for you to some of the concepts from this first basic concepts chapter uh, or lecture. Uh, there's not a formal chapter on this one. Um, but I think if you can you know, listen to this lecture a couple times, think about some of these concepts as kind of abstractly as you can, but but also while applying them to specific examples. So think about specific examples of decisions and see if you can't think about them in terms of some of the ways I've been describing today. Um, so you might think of, okay, what is the process by which I get to school on time? Okay, well, that was my goal, was to get to school on time. And what did I do? I made sure that I had, uh, you know, gas in my car, or that I was going to be show up for transportation on time, or that I had enough time to walk. Okay, what else did I do? All right, and you know, I made sure I went to bed at a reasonable hour so that I could, wouldn't be too difficult to get up, and I made sure that I took a shower, um, you know, left time in the morning to take a shower, took a shower before I went to bed, or do normal grooming things. And so think about, think about those type of achieving tasks type things, and think about them in terms of goals and processes for accomplishing them, and then how you might um, think of some of the concepts today from thinking about basic 
basic pieces of data and basic information that you need to be able to make that journey and then patterns you've been able to observe that help make sure that you do get to class on time. And so uh, think about kind of the structure of the information and also think about this idea of, of different patterns or different factors or different um, variables given some different amounts of weights or importance in um, trying to find the best process or a process for solving a problem. And then and note that there are there is risk involved in decision making and that if you played out um, the decision again at some future time, even with the same exact, you know, uh, broad sets of inputs, um, because it's a probabilistic world, you might have gotten a completely different outcome, even if you had learned on lots of experiences. Um, because not every not every state is exactly the same, and so even when you find a similar new circumstance, um, it's going it, it, you might get different types of outcomes. So remember that piece about risk, and then what that means for how um, you might think about solving something or achieving a goal. And then think also broadly about. What, the, what does this look like at a different unit of analysis? What does this look like at a societal level? If a society is trying to achieve certain goals for their members, what might be some of the processes by which there's a desired outcome and that through learning and different, uh, different other uh, processes, um, how might different factors or different variables be developed through a learning process to understand how to achieve the outcomes that are desired, okay? And think about how you might figure that out and what would be the, the way to do that. And, you know, think about one that maybe is important to you, one that you personally think is something society should be doing. And then what might a process even look like for doing that? And... One thing I think you'll notice is when you go up the level of analysis of kind of complexity or the number of people involved um, and kind of go up the organizational uh, analysis unit to large organizations and the networked um, organizations and network problem solving, um, I think you'll see that these problems get uh, uh, these goals that, that are sought to be achieved, you know, trying to make sense of all the different patterns that are there and all the different strategies given all the different actors and stakeholders involved gets to be pretty pretty messy um, and you have a lot of of risk and a lot of it's a function of a lot of uncertainty in these types of systems at the governance level public service, level as opposed to the individual decision when you think about how it plays out in your own life. Don't get me wrong, those also are quite complex <laughs> in and of themselves often, um, but you can kind of see as you think about some examples back and forth, the difficulty with identifying all the relevant patterns and um, the weights that they might need to be given and the ways in which they might interact as there is more complexity, more actors, and more things involved. All right.
that's all for this lecture. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for following along. And uh, the next lecture will be available in about a week.